Devin, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Very well. Nice to see you. Um, I was just saying just before we connected live, that is an amazing bow tie. I have a big, big uh, soft spot for a bow tie. I don't typically get to wear them that often anymore. Um, but apparently, I don't remember it, but when I was four years old, I refused to go out of the house without a bow tie. T-shirts, vests, anything, but it always had to have a bow tie. So that's toddler goals right there, man. That's that's cool. My my son, anytime he wants to take a picture, he has to have his bow tie on. So he's absolutely gonna, gonna look snappy for the photo. Absolutely. <laughs> Devin, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week's six sessions. Now I know I say this every week, but I'm really excited about today's guest. He's someone with that rock star marketer-like vibe. And if you know anything about inbound, you'll know who he is and the community he's created. Today is about community, community and growth, not just business growth, but personal growth too. We're going to talk about growing through partners, and we're going to talk about how you step from radio to helping grow the number one CRM on the planet. Today's guest is someone who dabbled with websites in the screechy dial-up days and is a self-confessed marketing obsessive. In his spare time, he's dissecting the marketing strategies of big billion-dollar companies and watching the rise and fall of marketing trends. We're going to talk about trends, partner-led growth, SaaS, and a bunch more. The six sessions have given me the opportunity to chat with some amazing people in the growth space. And today's guest is special because he knows his shit when it comes to marketing, but also because of the impact he's had on, on the communities he's involved with. These chats are designed to be short and sweet and hopefully full of insight. And they're definitely unfiltered, which is the fun bit. So please don't judge us too harshly if we say something that pisses you off. Joining us from Ohio, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Devin Bellamy, HubSpot extraordinaire and founder of Blackett Inbound. Devin, welcome. Thank you. Hopefully I live up to that fantastic intro. Dude, I, I, I was honestly, when I when I rehearsed that before, I was tripping up on some of the larger words. I was like, I'm definitely going to balls, balls us up. But we got there, so it's good. <laughs> so first up, I'm going to hit you with a big controversial question. So we're going to start big on this one. When we were chatting about your background and hobbies uh, prior to this, your go-to pastime is hitting the grill. So which state does barbecue best? Well, the easy answer to that question is any state that I happen to be in at the time is the Ooh, one that's diplomatic. Yeah, I like I'm it. putting it out there like that. But now my favorite, uh, I had to say uh, South Carolina. I'm kind of biased towards because I lived there for quite a few years. Nice. Uh, and also Tennessee. Those are those are two of my favorites. I, I'm a fan of the traditional Texas style brisket. But uh, yeah, just breaking out vinegar is uh, ap the apple cider vinegar is, is secret sauce for me. Are you? I'm. 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 I'm just gonna totally invite myself to a barbecue at yours at some point because you've just put it out Absolutely. there as the best barbecue in the states. So thank <laughs> you for the invite. <laughs> so how how was 2021 for you? 2021 was dope, man. I I know like the past couple of years have been a struggle for a lot of people, understandably, and and my heart goes out. Uh, but for me personally, it's been fantastic. Uh, I started at my dream job at HubSpot. Uh, this past year in September, uh, and it's just been it's been it's been great, man. I have no complaints except for that time I caught COVID in December. Not cool, but uh, outside of that, <laughs> but but you've come through it, so that's good. So, mm -hmm. um, beautiful segue there as well, because my next question is what what is your main business like? What what is so for anybody who's been living under a rock? What does HubSpot do? So HubSpot, uh, as you uh, mentioned, number one CRM. Uh, you can, I, I like uh, that moniker. It's a nice thing to be able to roll off the tongue. As a HubSpot partner, I quite like that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we we uh, recently uh, 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 just uh, basically blowing people out of the water. 
uh, we are having uh, the uh, automation with uh, your business as far as your revenue ops are concerned, as far as your marketing is concerned, as far as your sales in uh, CRM, and it's all in the same ecosystem and, 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 in, and in the same place. It's just it brings everybody within your company together uh, to help your company grow better and unite around the common goal of uh, delighting customers. It's fantastic. And it doesn't feel like you're getting punched in the face when you use it. But that's an entirely subjective yeah. opinion. I appreciate that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you you don't have to have an engineering degree to set it up. <laughs> and, and what's your role at HubSpot? Uh, I am senior marketing manager uh, in uh, partner enablement. And so basically I help partners like yourself uh, grow better and uh, be better at using, servicing, and selling HubSpot. Okay, nice. I like it. So, uh, but that's not all you're involved in right now. So you also founded Blackit Inbound. What is Blackit Inbound? Well, Blackit Inbound, what it was uh, initially was an opportunity for me to combat my crippling social anxiety. Because uh, as well as we're doing here, I don't like talking to people in real life. I am more of a bat cave kind of person. Keyboard and warrior. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and so talking to people in real life is just like ugh, cringy. But um I was at Inbound in 2016, and I knew it was a fantastic opportunity for me to meet new marketers uh, and expand my professional circle and help me grow. Um, but uh, the problem was is that I didn't really feel included in a lot of conversations, and I didn't speak the lingo. Uh, and so it was tough for me to um, to basically grow and get out of my bubble. And so what I did is I just started a hashtag, hashtag black and inbound. And then I went up to uh, every black person I met and just started gorilla marketing the hell out of this thing. And I was like, hey, have you heard about the hashtag? And I was like, no, what hashtag? I'm like, black and inbound, you gotta check it out. And then I would just walk away. So I didn't have that awkward, have to continue the conversation thing uh, that is nightmare fuel for so many introverts like myself. Um, but it started out as a hashtag and we were just party crashing uh, all the seaport parties and then it turned into um, networking every year and it became this big thing. And now um, Shana Summers, who uh, manages Black and Inbound, she is turning it into a year-round community. Uh, and we have monthly meetups and stuff. I don't really have much to do with the operations of Black and Inbound anymore. Um, Shana Summers is, is dope. And, and, and Cassandra Mendez and just the entire team that they have running this thing is fantastic. So, and so you're basically just the eye candy figurehead now. Like you just, oh, I'm, you, I am the you pretty face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I am the pretty face. <laughs> so 20, um, the 2016 inbound was quite an emotionally charged inbound because I remember being there because um, that was yeah. when, uh, well, certain election we won't go into the politics side of things but because I, I remember being there it was quite an emotionally charged thing and i think did that give it like another dimension to it like another like nice to kind of building a community and um kind of having people to be with it was i i think it was a happy coincidence um and i mean having tanahasi coates as the keynote speaker didn't hurt yeah. and uh <laughs> and, and oprah was one of the keynotes as well wasn't she uh is it that year or was that the first oh, no no that was that year that was last year oprah um and then but so it was tanahasi coates but the year following was michelle obama and that's that's I one mean, of the yeah. things that year was so controversial because people were like oh you're politicizing and lefting and liberal and all these people were walking out of tanahasi coates 
uh, keynotes and, and HubSpot was really um, at a crossroads where um, they could either uh, uh, stay the course and just, you know, keep the message strong or they could pivot and walk away um, and, 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 and roll back to try and, and uh, you know, placate to people who were clearly upset um, about the staying in the position that was being taken. And HubSpot did neither of those things. What HubSpot did was double down and say, hey, you don't, you don't like us talking about black stuff. What we're going to do is get extra black. And so we're going to have uh, uh, two dope queens. We're going to have uh, uh, Michelle Obama. We're, and it's like, like, wow, okay. So way to put your money where your mouth is. That was, that was one of the, the many things that made me fall in love with this company. So your, your own current role at HubSpot is effectively a, a byproduct of Black at Inbound. How did, how did that come about? And how do you think Black at Inbound has helped others? Well, so um, I was working uh, for a HubSpot partners, uh, solutions partner. And um, I was, um, even in the past years, it hasn't been me who's been doing Black and Inbound. It was my partner, Trina Sanders, who unfortunately passed away uh, it'll be a year ago uh, in in December, this past December, and she uh, she was instrumental in making sure everything happened. She was the one who was uh, liaising with HubSpot. She was the one who was doing a lot of the big organizing of the meetups during the events. And so when she passed, I didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, then Shayna Summers uh, calls me and says, "Hey, we're trying to create um, a black community so we can focus." on uh helping you know black marketers and professionals build uh and i'm like yeah you know black and inbound she's like yeah do you, do you mind if i do that i'm like no do that take black and inbound please and then so we started talking about launching that and she says oh by the way you know we're hiring at hubspot and i'm like oh well that's crazy because hubspot's my dream job and she says all right let me shoot your resume over to my manager and after a series of interviews, I got hired in on something that had absolutely nothing to do with my community building. Um, it's literally all my HubSpot expertise and, and, and product knowledge and partner ecosystem knowledge. And so I think that was dope. But with Black and Inbound in general, that's, that's the main reason why I started it in the first place. Because we as Black people don't lean on our professional networks enough unless you're fortunate enough to have pledged in a fraternity or sorority in college, chances are uh, outside of your family, you don't have um, a black professional uh, 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 network. And, and people say, well, why, why does a black professional network count? Why isn't that just a regular network? It's like, because we don't have access to regular networks. I've been a marketer for 20 years and my career has progressed more in the past five years since starting Black and Inbound and meeting new people than it has in the previous 15 combined. And so it's like, that's that's the importance of this network. And so it's like, I'm not just the president, I'm also a client. That's that's the way it worked for me, building that network through Black and Inbound. And it's working for other people too. Yeah, I mean, like I've, I've seen it. So like, I, I distinctly remember the hashtag starting at the Inbound and seeing it and feeling feeling like I wasn't allowed into a, an exclusive club. As soon as you tell me I can't do something, then I'm like, I really want to be involved in that. But obviously, I can't. But it's like seeing what it's well, That's done, the thing. You can. It's like, that's one of the, that's one of the, the things that are a misnomer about Black spaces. It's like, 
it's not when we say black lives matter it's not a zero sum statement we're not saying only black lives matter we're saying all black lives we're all lives matter but especially black lives because we're the ones that are dealing with stuff and then when yep. we say black at inbound we're not saying that you guys can't hang out it's like no but understand that this space is for and about us but you're still welcome to ha- come to the cookout it's great um as long as you're an ally and the whole point is to increase our social capital and so if you want to contribute to that absolutely you want to come to the events come to the events everyone's uh, available for it is just understand that even though you're there it's not about you i love it so so this this coming inbound i'm all over it cool are you, are, gonna, are you gonna be up. there oh Definitely. come on now <laughs> <laughs> you just said you had social anxiety but you oh no this is that that's the thing about inbound it's it's the one place where if i had hair i would let it down it's it's the one place where i feel at home every year outside of my home where i can walk in and talk to anybody because it's like it's like uh like olive garden when you're there you're family so i am the first time i ever went to inbound so i was asked out to inbound by uh what was to become our channel account manager steve Bourne. And uh, I went out there and he was trying to pitch us to become a HubSpot partner. And I remember walking through the doors of the BCEC and just going, what the fuck am I walking into? Like everybody's right. so, so happy and so in your face with like, yay, inbound. And I was like, I'm, I'm way too British for this and way too introverted <laughs> for this. And, uh, and then two, three days into it, a couple of parties into it. And I was like, this is amazing. Like this, right. is, this is the best place I've ever been. Um, I, I always describe it as Disneyland for marketers. <laughs> um nicole uh who is on my team has just left a comment saying if i had hair i would also let it down at inbound thanks nicole appreciate that um so community-led growth is a hot topic right now what have you learned in creating a community that businesses should consider in their growth efforts well the thing is is that one of the reasons why um black and inbound was unique um is because at the time i was a customer uh, I wasn't even a partner. I wasn't selling uh, a HubSpot. I was just a HubSpot user, but I was passionate about uh, the product and how it had impacted me professionally, uh, largely in part because of HubSpot Academy. And I'm always going to be a huge fanboy of HubSpot Academy. Hey, um, who's your favorite but, professor? Oh, Kyle. No question. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's the man. And Kyle knows he's the man. And if Kyle doesn't know the man, he's the man. Shame on you, Kyle, for not knowing you're the man. Kyle Jepson is awesome. Um, But uh, with with HubSpot Academy, it was an absolute game changer for me professionally, um, being able to uh, round out my skill sets uh, and and being able to articulate um, strategy and the inbound process and methodology uh, to C-suite to get C-suite buy-in. And that was that was the main way it affected um, me professionally. But the fact that the HubSpot product is dope, the fact that uh, HubSpot Academy is dope, and the fact that it has significantly increased my earning potential, I, I am an advocate. And I went and basically just, just shouted out you know, every chance I get, and it was able to turn into this big thing. And so if you look at other companies, if... You, you, if you're not focusing on delighting your customers, 
then you're missing out on so, so many opportunities. Um, and not just in delighting them as in you're solving a problem for them, but you're, you're going above and beyond. You're, you're turning them into fans where you're creating uh, opportunities for them uh, that weren't there before in solving problems that they didn't even know that they were having and just basically going above and beyond. And the communities will come. People will uh, groupthink their way through uh, how to use it. Uh, one of my favorite communities is a radio platform, open source, called Rivendell. And um, even though they they do have you know paid support, they have paid services, their community is very tight and robust on, on Facebook because the platform is levelizing uh, or is levelizing is uh, leveling broadcasting, um, and and it turn it can turn basically anyone with a computer analytics box into uh, a broadcaster. Sorry, I don't know that. <laughs> Was that a little interlude from Siri there? <laughs> yeah, my my computer uh, thinks I'm talking to it anytime I say the word computer. <laughs> computer, um, I'm not talking to you. So, so on 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 that basis, so like I, and I totally agree with everything you've said. With so, if you do great work, have a great product, you are delivering great services, people will naturally want to talk about that. But for businesses, I think sometimes what we often see is that they don't give the opportunity or the the, the spaces to make it easy for people to then engage off that. So, like for exact for example, if if a community channel doesn't exist so a facebook group doesn't exist or a, like a slack group or whatever that that space is doesn't exist it's much harder for people to engage in that and you're reliant on some key uh, evangelists to then go about that themselves and kind of engage with that so i think for me that's where a lot of businesses are missing a trick where mm. there are a lot of people who want to say nice things about their business but and who want to so and hubspot is the perfect example of of a a product that is great for a community because it's yes it is a great product and people like saying nice things about it but also there are a lot of questions around it as well as in how do i do this can i so i don't know if you're in the the facebook partner group but it's very much like i i have this problem or challenge to deliver this thing for my my uh client how how do people bend the system for that and i think that's where communities start to expand because people want answers but they also have a space to be able to do it you hit it right on the head. You got to um, be able, to, you got to empower people to be able to be advocates. One of the things that HubSpot did for us, uh, Black and Inbound, early on was they were retweeting us. And that might seem like a little thing, but the fact that they're lending their voice uh, to what, we, what we're doing was huge. Another thing they did, we were passing out uh, Black and Inbound pins. We, we had uh, 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 logos, we had swag. All of that was created by HubSpot for us to pass out. And HubSpot didn't put any of their branding on it. They didn't uh, put any inbound branding on it. They just said, here, let's help you grow. And so if you have someone who's really passionate, who is, uh, in need, who, who is obvious, obviously going to uh, be a promoter for you, why not create a platform for them? Why not create a space for them? And then invite other people to it and help them invite other people to it. Um, Tracy Graziani has just said that Devin is one of my favorite people. So Tracy's pretty dope. Tracy is pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the SaaS space, 
everyone loves to talk about partner-driven growth. Often it feels like there's a huge crossover between partner and community, especially when it moves past the shitty reseller type engagement. In your partner GTM role, is that what you're seeing? And do you see the partners as a community? Oh, the partners are absolutely a community. And I think, um, and, and even though I'm a HubSpot employee, I still think of myself uh, as a partner. So when I say we, uh, chances are I'm referring to partners and not HubSpot. But I think we as partners need to uh, collaborate even more because the, 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 the HubSpot ecosystem is growing and it's becoming, it, it's getting to a point where you can build a, a lucrative business as a specialist. Um, but then it's like, how do you get those specialist opportunities? It's well, the more people, you know, who are also talking to other people, the greater op their opportunity is for, uh, you to co-sell with them. Um, uh, as an example, let's say that you are a traditional quote unquote digital marketing agency, right? Um, you could start specializing or, or trying to expand your core offerings, or you can network with people who are already good at it. Save yourself the overhead in the sunken costs and training and start saying, looking at uh, someone holistically and say, okay, so not only do you need digital uh, marketing, but you can also use some help with uh, laying out your sales strategy and uh, identifying the, the steps in your pipeline. Uh, you can also help with, uh, you also need help with your CRM implementation. Uh, and, and your website, oh my God, your website sucks. And so um, instead of trying to be everything to everyone, you can partner with other partners and grow that way. Because the, and, and, and this is just my personal opinion, it's, it's tearing up in the HubSpot partner program is great. It's, it, it is an excellent feather to have in your cap, but my number one goal, uh, if I'm running an agency, is to make money. And so if I'm trying to, you know, hoard as many deals as possible and do my thing, I'm doing a disservice to my customer. But if I'm partnering with other agencies, we're all going to make money and then we're all going to tear up anyway, because we're all going to be contributing to the same pot, getting deals and spearheading and project managing and becoming um, bigger that way. And what may end up happening is that you may end up working with an agency, another partner agency so much. It's like, why don't we just come together and just Voltron everything? Um, which is something that's happening with, uh, solutions partners acquiring other partners. So we, so uh, our, our view on growth has been very much along the, the partnership basis. So we obviously HubSpot is our main partnership and we have a, a bunch of other tech partnerships, but we also have a bunch of agency partnerships because our view, well, my view has always been on, we're very, very, very good at the stuff that we do. There are stuff that we can do, but there are people who do that stuff better. And if I can introduce those to the clients that we're working with, then we can use that to help grow everybody better. But also there's regions I don't work in. So there's no point me trying to be, I, I can put people on the ground. I can fly them. Well, now that COVID's easing, I can fly them pretty much anywhere in the world. And 
get them to start delivering services there, but we won't have the localized knowledge. So mm-hmm. localized partners will always be better. And that's a big part of our growth strategy this year and moving forward is we've actually partnered with four other elite agencies to build up a global network of agency partners where we can do just that. Um, Christy Williams says, um, she agrees with you. She says, so much opportunity for more collab in this amazing community and can't be a hero to everyone. One of my favorite learnings in the academy from Kyle. Absolutely. Yeah, I, and I love the fact that you're you're partnering um, with other elite agencies in, in, and it's like, like I said, just the individual lions are nowhere near as powerful as Voltron. It's you, you got to come together and create something massive. If you want to use Power Rangers, that's fine. Voltron came first. But anyway, I'm nerding out and we're talking about marketing. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) How do you foster and utilize, or maybe mobilize is probably a better word. How do you mobilize that community to drive growth at HubSpot specifically? Well, one of the big things that we have, you mentioned before, is the Facebook group. Facebook group is jumping. And so... Uh, solutions partners. Like, only come in only there. problem with that Facebook group though is every other day somebody asks which project management tool I I should use, and I think there just needs to be a pinned post that people should say here is the post where people have decided which project management tools are best for agencies. It's my only gripe with that Facebook channel. <laughs> my I I would just copy and paste Asana. I'm an Asana fanboy, and it's like just use Asana, and then and then that's it. I mean, it's what I've always used. It's what we're using at HubSpot, and they're not paying me to say that. I'm a genuine HubSpot fanboy or a Sana fanboy, but um, yeah, the, you got the uh, the Facebook partner group, you got uh, the Slack group, uh, you can join, and we I, we definitely uh, would love to talk to people in there, and it's a way you can get direct access to the partner enablement team. We're right there, um, and uh, so and then each other. We also have a community uh, dot fa- or dot community dot uh, I believe it's forward slash partners, but there is a partner space there. Uh, and then also one of my favorite is the partner user groups, uh, the pugs and yeah. finding out more information about that is, is definitely huge, but it's, it's basically the, the, the thing is, is that you don't want to go into it with the mindset of, Hey, I'm meeting you because I need you to give me something. I need you to give me leads. I need, it's like, I want to talk to you because I'm hungry. That that's not going to work. That's, that's, um, what the young people call thirsty. You you don't want to be thirsty. You want to go in there, um, with the mindset of building relationships, offering value, uh, be prepared to give advice. Just like if someone asked a question about how to solve a problem, it's like, Hey, I know how to solve that problem and then talk. And next thing you know, you may end up collaborating on something great and beautiful. Tracy says she's going to steal your Voltron metaphor. She appreciates it. Absolutely. I highly recommend. Voltron is awesome. Um, So uh, HubSpot is continually evolving as a product set. It's solving more and more challenges for the clients all the time. But there's a lot to keep on top of. How do you keep partners on the same journey and keeping them engaged with those product developments? Uh, we have uh, product uh, product event. We, we just had a product event about uh, Service Hub uh, yesterday, yesterday and the day before. Uh, so March 15th, we got some big announcements coming with Service Hub. So if you didn't attend uh, and you are a partner, hop into Seismic, take a look. And if you're not a partner, stay tuned. Uh, for, <laughs> uh, 
but for uh, the, the product updates, um, we, we, we do our best just to uh, keep product uh, partners ahead of the curve uh, with the emails that we send out. Um, but we're going to be doing more videos. We're going to be doing more interaction. We're just, we're just going to be doing more uh, to make sure that par uh, partners are ahead of the curve when it comes to the product updates. And I can tell you that one thing that used to uh, frustrate me uh, when I was a customer is that there would be a feature change and then I would find out about it after the feature change. And that's one thing that is changing here and I'm really excited about. Yeah, the, and, the best is when you're doing a client tech demo and you're like, right. I think that thing should be here. It used right. to be here. Let me find that. <laughs> I, I used to know where the tracking URL builder was. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, but But it's like, we're getting better. We're getting better. And massively. Well, yeah, the, the, like so, I, um, so there's the seismic stuff. So for people who yeah. don't know, seismic is it's basically almost like and this is doing it a disservice, but it's almost like a, a wiki internal site for partners to understand what's going on in the product where right. you can see like yeah. So it's a great service. Yeah, Not stuff we can't tell the public about yet, yeah. the forward-looking statements and the upcoming product uh, changes that may be in uh, live alpha or maybe in beta, um, we, we can't tell everyone about, but it's how partners stay ahead of the game. What was it that attracted you to the growth space in the first place? You started out in radio. Uh, well, yeah, I did. I actually started out, technically I started out in marketing um, when I was 14. Did you, did you, did... Did you set out to be a marketer? I set out to be a high school band director. That's what I went to college for, uh, nice. was music education. I played snare and I played sousaphone and I did both mediocrely. Um, but I also designed my first website uh, when I was 14. And uh, this was in the mid nineties when you had to murder a robot in order to get online. And the only place to uh, make a website for free was uh, this nifty little place called GeoCities. But I remember when I designed my first website, my first thought was, was like, how do I get people to look at these awesome dancing baby gifts that I have next to um, my name here on this website? And it was just from there on, it was like, I've been asking that question for the past 20 some odd years. How do I get people to look at this thing? Um, and, and that's what really made me fall in love with marketing. And I didn't realize that it was uh, a passion I could turn into a career until probably in my 20s. Um, and that's how I got into radio was the local hip hop station needed a uh, website design. And I said, okay, I can do that. And then I ended up doing production for them and traffic and then on air. And next thing you know, I'm basically running the place. And then and where did you go from there? Uh, then I uh, met my wife. Well, technically she met me. She came into my radio station to record a commercial and uh, started flirting with me relentlessly. Uh, just no shame whatsoever in that woman. Is it same, and... same with my wife. <laughs> she, she, she. I, I really with... hope she's not watching. <laughs> <laughs> she ended it with, okay, uh, uh, on Sunday, we're going out to breakfast. And I'm like, okay. Um, but then on breakfast, we're talking and she's telling me about how little she works uh, from home and how she somehow makes more than twice what I do. And it's like, okay. It's time for a career change. I that was my catalyst to get out of radio, and the only other thing that I knew how to do well was marketing, and so I took a, an, an entry level marketing position that I was hilariously overqualified for, but didn't know how to articulate my marketing skills adequately, and so I ended up just taking that job, 
uh, discovering HubSpot through that company and ended up getting HubSpot certified, uh, working with the uh, amazing SDR and A's in um, Andrew uh, Fargnoli and uh, James Stone, who are two dope individuals who are still with HubSpot. And uh, they helped me put together my first true marketing campaign brief and budget to present a C-suite. And that's what got the buy-in for us to get HubSpot. And it's just been riding the orange rocket ship ever since. Uh, Joe Glover, the founder of the Marketing Meetup, has just commented saying, you have an amazing voice for radio. He could listen to you for days. He's then followed that up with, Rich, you have a face for radio. Joe is my least favorite marketer. And he's, he's <laughs> a horrible, horrible human being. Thanks, Joe. A, hor a horrible human being. That's okay. I've I've been I've been told the same thing. I, I just try not to take it to heart. <laughs> so you've been a, a tech startup CMO, VP of marketing, ops manager at a radio station, community founder, and a hubspotter. And I'm sure there's some other stuff scattered in between. Which role was the most foundational to your career path? Where have you learned the most? Uh, entry level uh, marketing coordinator at a tech startup. That is where I got the 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 most uh knowledge i would say because that's that's where it all began that's what laid the foundation that i'm standing on the today. battle scars absolutely <laughs> that was the role where i wrote my first ebook uh where i did my first because back then in hubspot onboarding it wasn't just about teaching you they would walk you through your entire first campaign and so they walked me through my entire first ebook campaign uh, and I used their templates for the ebook creation. And I uh, did the textbook conversion path creation with the form, the landing page, the thank you page, the follow up emails, uh, pushing people down the funnel uh, through um, the uh, drip, uh, the, the follow up drip, email yep. nurturing campaign. Right. And, and as a result, I ended up completely blowing my entire first year's KPIs out of the water in the first quarter just by doing textbook inbound marketing. And that has, that's basically followed me ever since that lesson. Like we, we had a sales team of two who were combined getting 10 leads a week to a point where we, when I left the company, we had a sales team of 25 and they were getting inundated with leads to a point where it's like, we had to tell them to stop cherry picking. It was, it was just, they, they were just getting bombarded. It was fantastic. You're someone who's keen to watch and understand marketing trends and watch how people do things in different ways. What's been your favorite growth trend over the years? Uh, my favorite growth trend has been um, personalizing brands. Uh, I remember there was the time when the trust was in the flag, not in the people holding it. And so people will trust a, a, a brand name, but now um, people will um, trust Samuel L. Jackson asking what's in your wallet more than they'll trust Capital One as the brand, you know what I mean? Or they'll trust Wendy's Twitter feed than they would um, Dave. I'm aging myself, but it's fine. But well, I think we've already uh, yeah. done... Vol Voltron <laughs> reference and you reference them as the young people. So and Geocities, right. Yeah, we, we've well, passed I'm, that aging piece. 
yeah we're I'm, we're way into into the deep end of of being geriatric it's, but uh yeah right. i think i think we're the same generation of marketer it's fine we can we can we can cry over that at a beer at inbound in your opinion what's the most important growth play for companies at the moment where should people be focusing their efforts uh delight like you, you you've heard all of your professional life that it is uh, easier and more inexpensive to keep a customer than to bring in a new one. And it's it's the absolute truth, but it's more uh, prevalent now than ever because of social media, because of instant communication and the need for instant gratification and for crowdsourcing knowledge about literally everything. And so if you're not delighting your customers, you are creating you're you're cert, you're turning yourself into a a, a friction filled churn factory and it's <laughs> like you you, you got to stop if if you want to grow you got to impress people from the beginning you got to delight them from the moment they get in contact with your brand case in point and I'll call out this I'll call out this company 1800 accountants i um and 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 this is not going to be a nice moment unfortunately I had um, an experience with a salesperson there and all he wanted to do was close me. And he w- it got to a point where it was like, I don't even want to talk to you anymore, dude, because you're not, I don't feel like you're helping me. I feel like you're just trying to take my money. It was the first thing you kept saying my name over and over again. It's like, yeah, I get it. You're trying to show that, like, keep me engaged. Like, yeah, yeah, I've been, we've been to the same sales courses. Okay, fine. And then you're not going to, take my credit card information so you can process this payment of X amount of dollars. No, you're going to verify that we have a card on file so we can move forward. Don't say that because that doesn't tell me you're about to take my money and I don't have that kind of money in the account. It was, it was a very, very painful experience. And that even the only reason why I'm still going to go with them as a company is because my wife uses them for her company. And they absolutely delight her with uh, the the CPAs that she works with. And so I'm expecting that same caliber of experience. But had I not had that crowdsource knowledge, uh, even though the crowd was in my own household, had I not had that knowledge, the guy that I talked to would have pushed me off completely. So it's not just about delighting once they become a customer. It's delighting from the moment you talk to them. Stop spamming people's LinkedIn inboxes about selling lists. Stop it. You're going to get, I'm going to mark you as spam. That's completely unrelated, but that's not delight. So you don't find it a turn on when people treat you like a number on a spreadsheet. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Call me 42 all day. No, stop it. (laughs) And then then that. I was going to say that that's why, like, if you look at me on LinkedIn, I have that hand in front of my name. Yeah. That's a, that's a spam filter. If I see that hand in front of my name on any in LinkedIn message, any in mail, I'm going, I'm not even going to read it. I'm just going to mark you as spam because I know that all you're doing is putting me through some sort of system. You don't actually give a damn about me. No, go away. Who do you follow in the growth space? How do you keep up to date with what's going on? Um, I, I basically, uh, doom scroll. Um, one of the reasons why I don't try, I try not to follow any one particular person is because people go in and out of style and what they're hanging their hats on 
may not be the 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 next big thing. It might be the next. It might be the big thing now, but it might be um, it might go out of style eventually. And so, um, but people who I I admire uh, are uh, Darmesh. He's dope, and not just because of his insane uh, dad uh, dad jokes. He is the dad joke king. Um, Kyle Jepson, uh, follow him because he's also always killing it with HubSpot tips and tricks. Um, and some non-HubSpotters, Ryan Reynolds, he is yeah, yeah. killing it when it comes to advertising and marketing. He he is doing amazing things. Um, Do you know he's bought he bought a lower league football team in England called Wrexham? Oh yeah, yeah. Him him and uh, and uh, Rob uh, McElhenney. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's I'm I'm a huge you you, you may not they, guessed, but yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a of a Ryan Reynolds fan. Yeah, um, me, me and, too. I I, yeah. I can sing that. Yeah. <laughs> so th this is this is my favorite question of every one of these interviews. What's your biggest career fuck up so far? The one that you've learned the most from? Ooh, man. <laughs> okay. So um my my CMO role, right? Um, I I I I fucked that up um, because I made assumptions about a space that I didn't understand. And what it was was it was this amazing uh, uh, SaaS platform for demos, right? And like the product, the product is freaking awesome. Um, I decide interactive and I'm still friends with them. I still do voiceover work for them. Um, but voice um, for radio, <laughs> right? Um, but the, the thing was, is that, um, we were targeting MLM companies to, um, yeah, right. And so that, that was the first mistake right there for me personally. Um, but we were targeting MLM companies so we could, they could, uh, sign on and sell, use our product um, to help their uh, associates uh, sell their product and recruit people. And my mistake was thinking that I could just reach out to MLMers like I do any other persona on in targeting in Facebook and Google. And little did I know that that is the most crippled um, uh, section within uh ads targeting because it's like MLMers and MLM in general, it has a very, very negative stigma. And I won't, I'm, I'm speaking delicately because I don't want to step on any toes for anyone who is like, yeah, juice by that. Get excited. One day I'm going to pass you up in life because I am so bought into selling you these vitamin supplements and join my team. I'm not going to hurt their feelings. Um, what I am going to say is that, they make it very difficult, uh, they mean Facebook and Google, make it very difficult to uh, sell uh, uh, MLM and uh, therefore also make it difficult to target other MLMers. And so I had this grand plan for marketing uh, as well as, you know, our, our HubSpot backend. And the HubSpot backend part was solid, you know, that because HubSpot's dope. But the targeting part, I went out to do it and it was like, why can't I target these people? And it was like this monumental failure. 
Um, but that that hands down, uh, not understanding the capabilities around targeting uh, personas and limitations within uh, targeting for uh, for uh, uh, paid ads. That was that was huge, and, and I was able to take that lesson to another position where it was like, oh no, don't do that. So failures, yeah, failures, and, and I stand by this. Failures of where I've learned the most across my career. Um, oh, and there's, been, there's been plenty of them but the way i learn things as well is I, I break them understand that push it to the point you break it and then dial it back a notch and you're like oh that's where that the sweet spot is so right. last question and i won't keep you any longer but last question who do you think i should interview next oh man that's 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 good uh have you talked to uh justin gracie gracie was my first oh. gracie gracie was the first six sessions there you go. I mean, you can basically hang up the podcast now. He's amazing. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, see, so you already talked to John Dick, uh, talking to, and, and I'm just going to go down list of HubSpotters because HubSpotter dope. Uh, Katie, go, oh. Katie Burke in two weeks. Okay, cool. And then, uh, also Shana Summers, reach out to her. Uh, oh. she is awesome. She is crushing, uh, the community space in general. Uh, and then of course also black and inbound. And um, let's see, you got Amanda Borgiati, she's great. Uh, and um, Brian Garvey, of course. He's of course. Uh, the VP of the partner program. And he, he's not uh, been he, invited yet, but he's on my list. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. Tell him, re reach out to him, tell him Devin sent you. <laughs> Devin, Devin, Devin's just going to put a date in your diary. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Devin. Honestly, I think this has been, um, and Christy, uh, you've just said I should interview Christina. We've actually, um, Christina was just towards the back end of the last year. So if you go onto the Six of Blow website, there are there is an interview with Christina on there as well. I knew Devin, that. I knew that. Devin, Christina this still. is, Bring I, back. Hand, hands down, I think this has been my favorite interview today. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and I cannot wait to hang out with you in person at Inbound. Um, thank Let's you for being it. up for doing this next sessions with me. Um, if anybody wants to follow up with you, how should people connect? Sure. So uh, my cash app is dollar sign. No, um, the, the fastest way to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I check my LinkedIn obsessively. I don't post as much as I should if I cared about my personal brand. But yeah, uh, LinkedIn is the best way to reach out to me. You can hit me up uh, at, at HubSpot. Like my email address is dbellamy at HubSpot.com. It's not hard. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always down to chat my calendar. No, my calendar is a nightmare, but, uh, you never know. We can link in, grab some virtual coffee. I always keep iced coffee at the desk. Devin, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us, everybody. Bye.